Good morning. Good morning. Wonderful. Wonderful to be here. I have this wonderful new um, device thing. Clicker. Clicker. Oh, we'll get onto that. It works. You can go home now. I can play with this all day. It's great. Okay. So we're going to continue in our uh, series looking at New Testament or New Covenant thinking. How we can align ourselves with what the Bible says so that we can experience all the wonderful things that Jesus has won for us on the cross. And we're going through various passages, and we've got to Ephesians chapter 3. And, and I've summed this up, and there's a lot more to it than this, but I've summed it up with this. We're called to be completely filled with all the fullness of God. Now, I want to unpack that, because that's a big, that's a big thing. That's one of the verses that we can look at later on. But before we get there, I want to take us to a place actually there where we were slightly there in the worship. Okay, now, I just want you to sort of relax for a bit, okay? I want you to, to think about being at a place where you are completely at peace, completely surrounded by love, completely knowing full joy, very relaxed. Now for some, that might be on a beach in wherever this is. For others, um, it could be going for a walk. For others, it could be all sorts of places. It could be in a, in a quiet room. Aren't we just to think, you know, a place where you can be totally at peace and totally surrounded by love? And maybe some of you, that's not a place you really know. You know, the one of the problems with, with holidays, and, and uh, I enjoy it, I'm sure we all enjoy it a break, is that at the end of the holiday, you've got to come home again and go back to work or whatever, back to normal life. And that can be, that can be you know, you, that can sort of spoil the end of the holiday sometimes. But actually, what about, what about if you were a place where you were completely full of love and peace, and then you're also full of expectation and hope and purpose for the future. What if, what if you were there and you were, you were thinking, actually, I'm really looking forward to the next bit of my life. I'm really looking forward to it because I know I've got a purpose. I know I'm, I've, I've got real hope for what's going to happen. And, and, and you're thinking, that's amazing. Is, is this a place anybody can really be at? Well, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 3 says, yes, it can be. And that's what I want us to take us on because I don't know whether really any of us, and I include myself, know that place. And yet the Bible promises it. He promises it. And, and I want us to take us there. And, and Paul is building up to this. And he's saying, actually, guys, there is something amazing for you to experience and live like that doesn't mean you have to go to a foreign island somewhere. It doesn't mean... In fact, you can experience it in the midst of your current life. Paul, when he was writing this, was in prison. And yet he was experiencing this for himself. And so he, was, he wanted the people that were reading this letter, and he wants us to experience this. Not, not when you're, you know, you know, once a year when you're on holiday or whatever it might be, but he wants you to experience it now. Amen. In the moment, every day. Because it's possible. Now, he wants to lay a foundation. And the foundation, and I want to start with this, and this is what he... he Ephesians 1 and 2, we had Joe and Jamie last week, we're, we're laying a foundation. And another foundation we wanted to lay is this. You are included in this. 
You are included in this. It's not for special people. And in the second part of chapter 2 and in the first part of chapter 3 of Ephesians, Paul is talking about the uh, Jews and the Gentiles. And he's saying that actually, under Jesus, through Jesus, they have become one. Now, this was really important because um, this was just a a, a case where, you know, God's holy nation, Israel, all through the Old Testament were God's special people. And now, through Jesus, that was all changing. And people were struggling with this thought. In fact, in chapter 2, it says this. And Paul is addressing here a particular issue. You are constantly, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Now, the problem that they were facing was this. All through the Old Testament, for thousands of years, God had chosen Israel for his special possession. They were special people. And, uh, and he had favoured them over every nation of the earth. And, and you, could, you could join that nation if you converted to Judaism. And uh, it, wasn't, it was very rare, but people used to come occasionally when they recognised who God was. They, they wanted to join in with this special nation. Now, and they were able to do that. But the problem was they were still regarded as foreigners and aliens. They were enjoying the good things of God's people, but they were second-class citizens, effectively. They were looked on with suspicion. They, uh, the, the nation was worried that if they ever went to war that these foreigners amongst them might join in with the invading nation. And so, although they were allowed to join, they were never really part. They were foreigners and strangers amongst them. And so, and so Paul here is addressing this. You're no longer that. You're not simply being added to God's people, and there is a hierarchy. God's people, Israel, were still number one, and then you're added in, and yeah, you can have some of the, some of the benefits, but really there's still this, this hierarchy. And Paul is saying, no, that's not happening anymore. You are equal with them, with God's people. And this happened through Christ. And in the first part of chapter 3, he talks about this mystery. Because in the Old Testament, there is sort of, uh, you know, if you read it through, there are glimpses where the Gentiles uh, have the same favour as the Jewish nation. It's Abraham, it says, all nations of the earth will bless through you. And various Psalms talk about all nations coming, uh, coming to God. And, and so there are glimpses. And yet Paul says that's a mystery. It's a mystery. And so the first few chapters, or a few verses of chapter 3, he talks about this mystery. And then in uh, verse 6 he says this. The mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ. And can you see here, he's got um, the word together, 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 three times. And he's saying, you've been united. In, in, in chapter 2, he's talking about the hostility. And, you know, the, the really sad thing, and Joe referred to this, that we are seeing even today in, in, in the horrible conflict that's going on in the Middle East is the conflict between, uh, well, effectively, you know, Israel... And, uh, and Gentiles, effectively. And, and, that, and, 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 and Paul says in, in chapter 2, actually, in Christ, 
that hostility is broken down. And it's an incredible thought that actually that is how the two come together. Uh, you know, obviously we pray for, for that whole situation in, uh, in, in the Middle East that God will bring peace. But actually, Paul says, actually through Jesus, that's how these nations get united. And so, and Paul is saying here, the mystery is that you are fellow sharers. You are fellow uh, sharers of the promise. You are together enjoying this. And you, there is no longer a hierarchy. There's not one nation now that is above everyone else. It's the, the one people in Christ. And, and that, that is true for us. Now, why is that important to us? Well, you see, all through history, we have a tendency to look at people in a hierarchical way. And it can simply be that we look at people and say, they have more access to things than I do. You might look at, now, I, I, I love going to old churches. And uh, when, when we go for walks and stuff, and I go over and see them. And, uh, and I came across one church, I wish I had taken a picture of it. And there was these, these pews. And then in one of the pews, there was two big seats, really quite ornate seats. And apparently, reading a little plaque, these were for the Lord and Lady of the Manor. And so these people, presumably because they paid to build the church or whatever, had a special place in the church. And these were honoured people. And, uh, and it could be a little bit like this. Uh, you know, we've seen one of these. This is, this is a bishop's chair. And obviously this was put in to honour the, the visiting bishop. Um, but the problem with these things and that, those chairs is that it puts them above everyone else. Somehow this person who sits here, you know, even, even in fact he's elevated, is probably closer to God than I'll ever get. <laughs> and, um, and, and it sort of puts a barrier and you think, so actually this person, you know, because of their status, have got more access to the things of God than I have. And you may, you may think... Like that, and we can easily think like that. People, you know, you may be looking at me and thinking, Tim, you, you obviously understand things of God far better than I do because you're standing here talking about it. And, 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 and although, although that's not true, we can think it. We can think that because you're in the band and are able to lead us in worship, your experience, their experience of God is somehow higher than I'll ever get or higher than I'll ever know. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you can look at your background. You know, I, I want to thank God that I was brought up in a Christian home. And people can look at people like me and say, well, that must have been so good. If only I had a Christian upbringing, I would know greater things of God than I do now. Now, I don't just, you know, I thank God for it. But it doesn't get me further into knowing the things of God than anyone else. It was a tremendous blessing, and many of you are now bringing up children in a Christian family that you didn't have, and that's wonderful, and it's brilliant. But actually, I came to Christ the same way as anyone else came to Christ. As Jamie was talking about last week, I was dead. I was in a Christian family, and I was dead. I needed Christ to come into my life. I needed faith to be roused in me, like anybody else. And although I thank God for it, and I was taught the Bible from an early age, that in itself does not give me access to God greater than anyone else. And so we can look at background, we can look at status, we can look at uh, money, we can look at all sorts of things. And in our, in our heads we say, 
Of course, of course it doesn't make a difference. But in our hearts, we can think, you know, these people have got more access to God than I have. They've got more experience of God than I have. For all these reasons. And Paul is saying, that's not true. And get that out of your thinking. You, there is no barrier for you to experience the wonderful things of God. The boundless riches of Christ, which was a verse I missed. They are for you. And you're not excluded because of your background or your education or, or the fact that you don't stand up here and, and talk or because you're not in the bank. You're not excluded. You're included with all of God's people to experience the good things of Christ, the boundless riches and all the stuff, that, all the things that, that we were sort of experiencing in the worship. That's for you. And Paul is making this very clear because... There was, you know, the, the thinking in those days was, I can only go so far, because I'm not, I'm not one of God's people. I can only go so far because I'm not educated enough. I can only go so far because I don't read the Bible enough. I can only go so far because I don't pray enough. Um, and although these things are good, reading the Bible is great, knowing the Bible is great, praying is good, because they are a means of encountering God. And so I don't want to discry them at all, I think they're great, but... But your knowledge of the Bible does not exclude you from experiencing the wonderful things of God. And so none of us are excluded. And Paul wanted to make that point so, uh, so profoundly. Let me go on. And so Paul is now saying, actually, the church is an amazing place. I want you to know... How amazing the church is. Because the church, when it is united, when it is united in Christ, and experiencing those things together, and this is why it's important, is that this verse can often be interpreted in many ways, but it says there that his intent was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus. His eternal purpose was that his wisdom and his glory would be seen through the church. And this is by A, bringing together two warring sides in hostility, but by B, that everyone, everyone in the church was experiencing the wonderful, boundless riches of Christ. And, and that's what we want to strive for, not simply someone like me standing up the front or someone like Joe leading worship or, you know, can experience this. In fact, I've got no doubt there are people in this place today that have greater depths and experience and understanding of the things of God than I have. Why? Because we're all included. Because it's not about me because I can stand up here. Uh, it's not about Joe because she can play uh, music and lead worship. It's about our connection with God and our relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about. And he wants us to experience it. And he wants a church that is experiencing it together. That is what the manifold wisdom of God does, is to say, actually, we're all included and we're all together experiencing this wonderful, boundless presence of God in our lives, this, this wonderful peace, this wonderful love, this wonderful joy, this wonderful power. It's for us. And we mustn't agree in our heads, but exclude ourselves in our hearts. It's for you. And if you're not experiencing it, then just say to myself, but it's for me. It is for me.
So. I've jumped on. I will. So I want you to, to, to read the next verse here, which is really encouraging. On the basis of what we just said and what Paul was saying, he says this. He says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And he's laid a foundation to say, look, guys, you can approach him. You can come close to him. There is nothing stopping you. Nothing from your background, nothing from your history stops you from getting close to God. Nothing from all that you've done in the past is stopping you. You can experience this. You can come with freedom. No shame. Freedom is, is free from shame, free from guilt. Freedom. You can, you're, you're free to come. And you'll be confident. And when we're confident, the confidence is I can experience the good things of God. I'm going to be confident in coming. I'm not going to be thrown out. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be despised. I'm going to be accepted and loved. And so we, we, this verse is so, so encouraging to us. Come at any point. You don't have to wait until you're on a desert island or, or, or things are good. You can come now. And you can experience the good things of God. But I want to just... Uh, go on to this last bit which Paul is heading towards. And he's saying, and this is the sort of pinnacle of this chapter, and it's an amazing prayer. It is an amazing prayer. In fact, I read it out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I've been sort of living with this for a few weeks now and uh, just trying to get something of it for myself. I must be honest with you. Um, anyway, so let's read this. I pray that you being rooted, oh no, I've got that, yes, that's right, I've dropped, jumped a slide. Uh, get my things together. Oh yes, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Firstly, Paul is saying, I'm desperate for this. He uses the, is the term here, I kneel before the Father. Now, typically, in the, in the time that he was writing this, uh, the Jewish nation, anyway, used to pray standing up. They used to pray. Every, all, all their prayers were standing prayers, because that's how they prayed. Only when they were really really earnest or desperate did they get on their knees. And Paul here is saying, I'm on my knees crying out for this. This is what I really, really want for you. This, this matters to me more than anything else. That you experience this for yourself. I am desperate for this. This is why I'm writing these letters. This is why I'm in chains. This is why I have all this thing going on. Because I want you to experience these glorious things of Jesus. And so he has got such a passion for his hearers. He wants you to experience it for yourself. He wants you to be strengthened with power through his spirit, as we were doing earlier on today, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That you have Jesus within you. And you not only have him within you, but you know it. You see, again, we can say, yeah, Jesus is within me because 
the Bible says it is. Now that's great, I mean, that's a starting point, but actually the power is about experiencing that and knowing it and having that power coming through your own bodies and lives. Living in the reality of that power through your own life. Knowing Christ. Paul says, I want to know Christ. He says it in Philippians. I want to know his power. I want to know this. And in fact, all his education and all his, his upbringing, which was great and God used, he said, I consider it rubbish. You see, sometimes our own intellect and our own thinking gets in the way of this. And I, that was true for me. I remember when I, I became a Christian and I was seeking to put baptised in the Spirit and, and get to know God more. I was thinking it all through. I was trying to work it all out in my head. And actually, I was struggling with it because I couldn't. And, and sometimes our own heads, we try and work it all out. And actually, all we need to do is stop and say, actually, God, I don't really understand this, but I just want to experience you. And sometimes we just need to put our heads aside sometimes and come and say, actually, God, this is for me. I want to experience more of you. I want to experience all that I have. I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I don't want to about him. I don't want to know everything that he did. Yeah, I do want to know that, but I want to know him. Amen. I want to know Jesus. So Paul goes on to say this. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together, Amen. all of us with the Lord's holy people, to grasp mm. how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean there's a lot in this verse and I'm not going to go into every aspect of it but you know God is saying that look, there's no limit to my love for you. It's Amen. high, it's wide, it's deep, it's long. I want you, Paul saying, Paul saying you, you can know this. You can Amen. know the depth. Now we're not about going into you know, how high is it and measuring it. It's not, that's not again, it's using your head if you're not careful. It's just, it's, it's immeasurable Amen. and it's for you. Amen. And it doesn't, it goes, wherever you are, it's wider than that. Wherever you've got high, you've got, it's higher than that. However deep and how, what depths you've got yourself into, it's deeper than that. Mm. It's wider than anything that you can experience for yourself. And he says, I want you to know that, to know this love. And this is, that surpasses <coughs> knowledge. And this, for me, was key. Mm. Because with all, whatever intellect that I may have, I couldn't work it out. Amen. I couldn't work out how does this happen. How can I get to know God better? How can I, what can I do? How can I work this out? It, it goes beyond that. It Amen. must do. Amen. Because it, it doesn't depend on intellect. It mustn't depend on how clever you are. Because if it did, only a few people would be able to access God That's in right. that way. And it's nothing to do with intelligence. It's nothing to do with education. It's to do with the fact that God wants to flood you because you're his dearly loved child with his love. He wants to experience that. He wants us to experience it together. Together with God's holy people. Amen. United in experiencing this. Not some super Christians who have got this and other people who are just sort of looking in their, in their tails and thinking, oh, I wish I had what they had. No, no, it's for everybody together. Amen. And then we come on to the, really the last bit, and I want to emphasise this. That 
we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been studying this passage for a while, and I think I've got such little idea what that means. To be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. What is that? Surely, it's what I was talking about at the start. It's being, what's God like? Well, he's, is he at peace? Yes. That's right. Is he full of love? Yes. yes. Is he full of joy? Yes. Is he full of hope? Yes. Amen. Is he full of expectation for the future? Yes. Hallelujah. Is he full of confidence? Yes. Well, surely, if that is true, if I'm filled, that must be me as well. Amen. So that picture that we had at the start, it must be possible. Yeah. It must be true. And I, and I can honestly say to you that I have tasted glimpses of that mm-hmm. in my life, but yeah. I haven't plumbed anywhere near the depths of what that means. Amen. And Paul is saying, I want you to know this. Mm-hmm. I want you to have this. Mm-hmm. I want you to experience this. I want you as a church together to experience this. And we do in, in elements of worship. And I thank, thank God that we can come uh, in times like, like we had this morning and over the last few weeks of just experiencing something of that. Amen. But there is depth Amen. to be plumbed here. There's so much more to be had. Mm. And, uh, and Paul is saying, it's for you. It's mm. for you. Please hear me in this. You're not excluded from this. Mm. No one is excluded. You just come to Christ. I, uh, I have a picture, an illustration that was taken. Uh, this, was, uh, this is my, uh, my daughter and granddaughter. Uh, this is, I think, her second uh, experience of chocolate. <laughs> and she has tasted something amazing. Now, it's a really interesting picture because here she's actually very poorly. She had been suffering with very uh, bad um, stomach aches and had, had an infection and she was in the middle of it. And she, so she was in a difficult situation. She had been crying, not sleeping. And yet she was introduced to something and this was the reaction. And, and it, it's, a t- it's a taste. Now, listen, <laughs> it's just an illustration. She had tasted something that was amazing her and it had just changed everything it had changed her outlook for that moment of course she went back after a little while but what God is offering us in the love that he has for us is to experience this all the time Amen. all the time to know his love to know it it goes beyond knowledge and to to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God to have him inside you and experiencing that Experiencing it, not just knowing in your head, experiencing it. And you can do it, you don't have to go to a desert island, you can do it now when you're in your prison, whatever that might be, when you're at work, when you're, when you're in your particular situation. Mm. And, and you think, you know, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to even imagine that. Mm. Do you know what? I think Paul recognised that's exactly what people would say. So, he says this in the last verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Amen. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to get your heads around. 
But God can do it. God can do it. Amen. He can go beyond what you can ask. He can go beyond what you can imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Hallelujah. And ever. See, I think Paul, when writing this, he'd experienced amazing things. And he was writing this thinking, they're going to struggle with this. I know they're going to struggle with this because I struggled. You know, when I came to Christ, I had all this stuff and I had to get rid of it because I wanted to know Christ. And so I want to encourage you, Paul, saying, look, you might struggle to imagine, but God goes beyond that. God goes beyond that. And he wants you to experience this. So where do we start? Well, can I suggest in this verse, how do we get there? Well, let's imagine. Let's imagine what it would be like to experience that. And then we come to God and say, God, can I have this, please? It's as simple as that. Ask. Let's just ask him. Let's imagine what it's like to be at peace. Let's imagine what it's like to be at rest. Let's imagine what it's like to experience great love around us. Imagine what it's like to be full of power and boldness and hope. Let's imagine it. Even if you're not true, imagine it. And then say, God, I want this. I want to be full of you, Jesus, because that's what you promised. That is the riches of the boundless riches of Christ. And we have all sorts of things that we get in our way and things that, that we, we, we go down because we don't experience it and we go, we go after other stuff, other stuff which is loose. We might go after holidays, we might go after to buying stuff, we might go after relations, we might go after all sorts of things and God's saying, no, put that aside. Amen. Put that aside, put the stuff that gets in the way, put that aside because actually knowing Amen. me, you can actually, you can try and fill your life with other stuff. It won't satisfy. But actually knowing me will satisfy. Imagine, imagine and ask. Amen. Imagine and ask. It's for you. No one's excluded. And when we together as a church experience that, we are displaying the glory, the wisdom, the majesty of God. That's what he wants. He wants it for you. He doesn't want you to miss out on this. He wants us together to experience that, to know that love, that love that is forever for us. So I want us just to pray. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be as as selfless as Paul because I'm going to pray for myself as well that we will experience that. So let's just, just, just close your eyes for a moment. is amazing. What you did for us on the cross when you sacrificed yourself, when you took away our guilt and our shame, Lord, when you came to us when we were so far away from you, when we were just in the dirt, Lord, you raised us up, you forgave us, you washed us clean, you seated us with you, but Lord, not there, not just that, Lord, you then lavished us with your love. And you want to come and live. And you came and lived with us. But you want us to experience that fullness of God. And so, Lord, we pray. I pray, God. I pray for each person here. And I pray for myself, Lord. That we will understand what it is to know that love of God that surpasses knowledge. 
And Lord, I want to be filled, and we want to be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. so that we will know power, we will know love, we will know peace. Jesus. And I just ask you to imagine, right now, imagine what that's like. Just imagine what it would be like. Imagine, and then just ask. Ask God to fill you in that way. we thank you Holy Spirit that you're at work Lord keep working in our lives Lord that we day by day would experience more and more of this thank you Lord this is a journey it's not a destination it's a journey Lord that day by day we will learn to be able to access this wonderful truth Lord that we are filled to the full measure and I just pray for anybody that is struggling with that, Lord Jesus, just release them. Release them into knowing this. Release them to know that they are included. They're included. They can experience the bountiful riches of Christ for themselves. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Just to say, next week is Remembrance Sunday, so if you can try and arrive just a few minutes early, there will be a, uh, a moment's uh, time of remembrance at 11 o'clock. Uh, so we will want to start just a, uh, a minute or two early. So if you can just bear that in mind for next Sunday.